Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. I feel free to grab a refreshing beverage and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. <laughs> that's classic. Oh my gosh, I call me off guard. Last few times we've been adding that in, and I don't know, it probably needs it just to makes stop. It's so real. Yeah. I think it's a good touch. Like, Ew. Yeah, what are you drinking? The person's listening, like, I'm running on the treadmill. I don't have tea, so I can create that experience yeah. for them by like, sipping. I think your lips are burning. You took a sip too soon. Sounds frothy. We're so, we're so formal on this podcast. Yeah. Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. <laughs> We've got Benjamin Olson here. Hello. I'm Jace Langley. That's and right. our special guest today is the great Megan Bailey. Hello. Yes. Hey. We're so happy you're here. Thanks. Good um, to be here. You are deeply involved with Riverhouse. You're on yes. the elder team. Mm-hmm. And you are now on staff in some capacity. Yep. Very, very, very part-time. Yes. What, like, what's your title? What do you... <laughs> Great question. I'm still yeah. learning my title. Okay, actually. <laughs> perfect. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I head up the prophetic. Mm-hmm. That would be the the main thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So people see you often on Sundays praying yes. for people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's awesome. And so is I mean the prophetic ministry at Riverhouse I know is a lot more than Sundays. What other things are you guys doing right now? Yeah, we have lots of gatherings. We gather with the worship team quarterly mm-hmm. or we're trying to yeah. um we are pollinating other spaces equipping people to hear the voice of god that's great language yeah i love that yeah going to house churches circuit riding mm-hmm. just trying to get our fingers on in every little sphere in the church praise god yeah that's so good <laughs> in real time you were just at youth group last night doing yes. exactly that with our teenagers and it was so joyful yeah and to see what can happen when that prophetic gifting enters a space that might not necessarily be used to it. Um, it just makes the move of God feel so fresh. So I'm really thankful for that ministry Thanks. and that you're so engaged in our church in that way. Thanks. Yeah. The youth are hungry. I, the youth are hungry. I tell people if you are feeling a little apathetic, go be around young adults or youth and yeah. worship with them and you're going to be catalyzed. So, so good. yeah, it was, it was a joy to be there last night. That's not so to get fun. in the weeds, but why do you feel like, the youth and the young adults are so especially hungry at River House. What a good question. (laughs) Um, Well, I think that is what, who God is touching right now. Hmm. I mean, he's touching all generations, but there's a special move with the young adults and younger, like Gen Z specifically. Mm -hmm. And there's just been such an attack on this generation in general because there's such a high call of God. Mm -hmm. And these are going to be the people that are leading our our world yeah. in 10, 15 years, even 20 years. Um, and right now God is anointing these guys so powerfully and specifically a passion for worship. Mm-hmm. And so that cool. is essential, you know, not only eternally, but 
just the expression of worship here is where it all starts. So I think that's the big hinge point in in how we like walk out to be a, how how we're a Christian mm-hmm. is these young people are so on fire. I remember one young adult asked to shadow me for three months before she went and moved mm-hmm. to be a part of this ministry. And I said, sure, you know, let's, let's do this. So she kind of tag teamed with me for three months and it was the greatest gift to me. Wow. I, she was so bold, so fearless, so sold out for God that I was like, man, I got to step up my game here. So that's what I'm noticing in the entire young, young people's culture. Mm. It's really beautiful. It's inspiring. Come on. Yeah. That is really encouraging. Yeah. It's sovereign. It's a sovereign move of God. (laughs) It really is. Those are great words for it. I witness it weekly at youth group. Yeah. Yeah. Just think, wow, I'm really challenged by these teenagers to look more like Jesus because in so many ways they're doing it way better than I am. And then I question where, what direction is the discipling really going? Sometimes it's (laughs) not me to them, it's them to me. Yeah. (laughs) It it is. It's like we always say, the kingdom is a win-win and that is so reciprocal, that relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I love that. Well, that's yeah. awesome. So good. That's exciting. That's fun. Yeah. Well, for the purposes yeah. of the series that we've been in, we've been talking about the fivefold ministry and I have heard you speak about this a few different times and just really admire your perspective because it feels well thought through and biblically grounded, holistic, and also from a perspective that I don't myself share because I don't see myself as anointed necessarily with the prophetic yeah. Grace the way that your life is. So um, maybe to introduce us into that, would you tell us what your background with the fivefold framework is? Have you always belonged to churches that used that kind of language? No. I mean, I didn't even really grow up in church. So I got saved when I was in my mid-20s. Oh, wow. I didn't and know And then that. I went to a church that was charismatic, mm-hmm. um, was really discipled in a church that was charismatic, led by a teacher, an anointed teacher. But, um, as far as the, the other four offices, um, they were not in, mm-hmm. they were not in, um, they weren't manifested from the pulpit. There was prophetic. I was involved in the prophetic at my old church, but it was more like an underground <laughs> prophetic. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like a circle of people that we would, you know, equip people to hear the voice of God and, and do prophetic things. Um, and it was mainly like a very independent not formal understudy of the prophetic. We did go to um, Bible school, my husband and I did, mm-hmm. in 2009 from that church, but there was no mention of the fivefold. And so I think the fivefold, I felt like the Holy Spirit really put a premium on the fivefold in 2020. And when the church was getting shaken yeah. by pretty much every angle, yeah. it was like, oh, the Lord had me in Ephesians 4 for a very long time. I uh-huh. sat in that passage. I, I tried to read other passages mm-hmm. and the Lord was like, no, I want you to stay here in the fivefold. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't necessarily listen to other teachings on it. I just sat and was like, show me more God, show me more, more, more God. I started reading some books on apostolic culture mm-hmm. because I was obviously this is, that's what we're trying to pioneer within our own mm-hmm. culture here. Yeah. So what is that? What does that look like? You know, and then we can write all these books and there's not a whole lot in scripture that details exactly what that is. Ephesians four talks about the fivefold, um, at length, but, um, what that exactly looks like, we have to read even, you know, the account of acts, Mm -hmm. 
the churches and that were sprouting up there, you see some of the fivefold, but I didn't have any formal training in the fivefold. It was just something that the Lord started putting a passion in my heart for the government, Mm. the government of the church and seeing this one-sided nature of most expressions within churches was grieving me. And it wasn't something that I was even trying to even think about. It was like the Lord put a burden on my heart. Wow. And I just felt this like gripping of like, Jesus has to get a greater reward. And I heard it said just recently, if a cake has five ingredients, meaning the fivefold, and we only use one or two, we're going to have a pretty nasty cake. You know, it's not (laughs) going to work. (laughs) And so that, without really even being able to articulate it, was something that God put on my heart to start caring about. And I probably because we're in an apostolic wineskin and part of it is a fivefold expression. So this has been something that I'm still learning. I'm still trying to embody we're very at the fledgling stage of it. Um, but yeah, it's been something that the Holy Spirit has really brought me through. And then recently I've listened to some people that have been teaching on it. And I thought, wow, this is what God's saying in the church right now, globally. So wow. yeah, that's really cool. That's amazing. There's a lot of confirmation there when you're seeing that. It's right. like, mm-hmm. not only am I hearing this from the Lord, but yeah. it seems to me that prophets all around the world are hearing this and yeah. you're seeing it in scripture. Yeah. Wow. Different streams, like not, you know, not mm-hmm. one stream saying one thing. It's people trying to get a greater expression. I think, I think what happened in 2020 is like, oh wow, we need a greater expression of God. Mm-hmm. We need a, we need um, to move from like a one man pulpit mm-hmm. to a manifold mm-hmm. expression of God, mm-hmm. which the Lord talked yeah. about in Ephesians four. Totally. So, it's a blueprint that God's bringing and He's dusting off and He's saying, here you go, church. That's like, good. let's build this. That's so let's good. build this together. Oh, how cool. Yeah, I love that. I have a question because we've <coughs> talked short, like a little bit on the podcast about like an apostolic church, apostolic wineskin. And I want this, um, this podcast is to be about the prophetic, but you tie that with the fivefold a lot. Like, I'm like, what's the relation between the two of those things in your opinion? And even as someone who's on like the elder team, like apostolic, yeah. what is that? What is that really? How would you kind of define that? Shoot. I mean, if you could be a fly on the wall at our eldership meetings, at the leadership meetings, we talk about this and pray, more pray into this Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think, this is my opinion, but I think that the apostolic wineskin and the fivefold are inseparable. I don't think you can have an apostolic wineskin without the fivefold. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what happens is like the apostle, the the original meaning of of an apostle is a sent one. And so you think about an apostle is someone from that God has. So in Ephesians four, it says that Jesus himself ascended and gave grace to some. Mm-hmm. And he, he elaborated on the fivefold in Ephesians four. And so these are gifts from Jesus mm-hmm. so that we can express who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you were to gather all the apostles, all the prophets, every, all the fivefold in the entire world, you wouldn't even get like, close to the expression of Jesus, but this is his attempt. So an apostle is supposed to be sent. They're the builders. They're the people with the blueprints. So they're the ones that think globally. And I've said it before, they think kingdom over congregation. And so their mindset is bigger than the local church, Mm. but it's from God. And so the apostle is supposed to go and culturize and bring back other cultures to pollinate mm-hmm. the church. So the local the local church gets this beautiful expression of being able to send the, their their 
I mean, we're not, we're not saying like, Hey, you're an apostle. It's a little a apostle. We're not, we're not putting titles or boxes yeah. around people, but I'm just saying that just mm. for conversation sake, we're mm-hmm. sending our, our Jordan mm-hmm. and he's coming back with culture that he's been like, so yeah. it's this beautiful, mm. beautifully reciprocal relationship where we get to send him and then we get to reap mm. all yeah. that he's been doing when he's sent. And then the expression of the kingdom gets more and more manifold, the yeah. more. So then as the apostle goes and is sent, you know, he's got the blueprints. He's, he helps build the structures within the local church and then globally, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, then the, the fivefold helps hold together the government of the church. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the days are, are going, in my opinion, that someone comes to church for one man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I've heard it said that if, if your head pastor leaves and half your church doesn't show up, if they're on vacation, that's an indictment on yeah. who you're building your church around. Wow. So the apostolic church builds their church around Jesus. So we come for Jesus and it's going to be a different expression. And we value that manifold expression and, and an apostolic wineskin is also entrepreneurial in nature where it's way outside of the four church walls, which gets all of us excited because most of us are called outside of the church walls. Mm -hmm. So you have this beautiful where the priesthood is no longer secular and sacred. It's the apostolic wineskin helps everyone know where they're called, right? Yeah. So I'm not just identifying with one man and getting one Mm -hmm. facet of Jesus and getting equipped in one way. The apostolic wineskin equips, hopefully, everyone to be equipped to go to every sphere and be an ambassador, a.k.a. a priest, Mm -hmm. wherever we're going. This is great. In that, can I ask... You made a differentiation between little a and capital A yeah. apostle. Oh, yeah. Would you parse that difference he, out for us? Yeah. So Jesus is all five. Mm-hmm. He is the big A, capital A apostle, capital P prophet. He is the rabbi teacher. Mm-hmm. He's the shepherd, the, <laughs> the pastor, and he's the evangelist. Yeah. And he is all of those things. And it's in God's wisdom. He said, okay, guys, I want you to now build a church where you can express me in the, the richest possible way. So I am going to ascend, and as I'm ascending, I'm going to give some people giftings, the little a giftings, little a apostle, little p prophet. So you can't really claim to be all five because Jesus is the only one who's all five. Mm -hmm. And the little a, the little p for, you know, the little fivefold, that, like I said, you could gather all those fivefold people together the people who actually have the office. And when I say office, these are people who are gifted by Jesus and walking, you know, in mm-hmm. the in their identity in the church. So there are people who have the calling of an office, but they're in the process of the maturation, kind of like when David was anointed as king, mm-hmm. you know, and he, they, he was even sure. called a prophet, you know, in the New Testament, they called David a prophet in Acts. And so um, anyway, it takes time to be able to, and this is not to like, again, I, 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 what I pray is when we're articulating the fivefold, this is not an elitist thing. Yeah. This is a call from God. Like some people are called to the market. Most people are called to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Some people are called to the church. Some people are called to the gift of administration and we need all parts of the body, mm-hmm. but we're all the lowercase because he's the uppercase. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the differentiation. Great. So there's no uh, like, 
apostle Paul and Peter, like that no. kind of apostle isn't at all in that conversation. They would all classify as lowercase a apostles. Exactly. And okay. I, if I, I actually think about this a lot, if we were to go back and, and be one of the disciples with them, I don't even think they would call themselves apostles. Mm-hmm. Like Paul did a couple times. He would, he would say, you know, we are, we are the apostles. We're laying the apostolic and the prophetic foundation in the church, but he was setting up the government. He wasn't like mm-hmm. asserting himself as like, hi, I'm apostle Paul, you know, right. where you sometimes like, I've actually been places where I get a business card and it says prophet so-and-so. <laughs> Sure. Or apostle yeah. so and so, yeah, and it's like totally. actually we're sons and daughters. Yeah. Hopefully, eventually going to be a bride, mm-hmm. and all of these titles don't mean anything to Jesus. But it is important that we recognize yeah. the office call on people, so mm-hmm. that we can have even different expectations. Like I'm going to come to church with a different expectation if I know that a different gifting is going to be releasing mm-hmm. a different facet of Jesus. Yeah. So I'm not going to expect an evangelist to to have like an exegesis on. Genesis, right? Sure. Or, or to teach maybe at all. And, and again, not to put labels on people because you can yeah. straddle a few different lanes, but generally speaking, Jesus gifted the fivefold so that you could fully express who he is in mm-hmm. that, in that ministry. It's oh, very helpful. Yeah. I really like that. I think even two weeks ago when we were just kind of doing an overview of the fivefold, yeah. um, Benjamin, you said something about like it, some people view it as like a leadership structure for the church. And I wasn't even sure if that's where I was going to like land and like my beliefs, but I kind of kind of putting it as like even a framework for church government makes more sense in the way that because it like it, it lists different gifts than are listed in some of the other letters. Right. And like I was like having a problem like, aren't we all gifted? And that's kind of where Kenny was landing last week. We're all like yeah. we're all like, you know, have these things to give. And that's so true. But I like this almost more of a framework of this is a way to have a really healthy body of believers. Exactly. And I, I didn't think of it that formally. I'm kind yeah. of processing that right now. It was like first Corinthians 12 isn't talking about church governance as mm-hmm. far as I understand it. So you've got, that's actually a really important delineation because so first of all, the fivefold is supposed to serve. Mm-hmm. So I loved when Jordan talked about like where we go with a towel on our arm. And so the fivefold is never to Lord it's not this hierarchical structure to mm-hmm. lord over. There are there are foundational gifts. There are gifts that that build. There are gifts that illuminate. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, there's like the edifice analogy of like different giftings having different parts of the house or mm-hmm. the body. Yeah. But in Ephesians four, Jesus Paul is talking about gifts from Jesus. So these are ones that are from him that are for some people that are mm-hmm. called to govern the church. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans 12, those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when you have, when you're born again, you get the Holy Spirit, you get those gifts. Yeah. And so that is for every single believer. So you, you're going to flow in different gifts of the Holy Spirit more yeah. strongly than others, but um, that is for everyone. And so we have an equal playing field there for yeah. sure. And just like, I'm not going to be gifted in some certain places, like in politics, yeah. like someone else might be gifted. Mm-hmm. And so we're not, we're not jealous of mm-hmm. the, the, the different giftings that God's given us. We're owning the, our gifts so that mm-hmm. we can fully express Jesus. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that's a big, de- that's a big delineation because the fivefold expression is for ministry in the church. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for everyone, everywhere. That's great. Yeah. Love that. I like that. It's really well said. That's a clear difference. I appreciate you bringing yeah. that up. 
I'm curious, um, like how, if you ascribe more with the prophet office, um, how did that come into being or how did you recognize that anointing on your life? Um, well, I definitely in my, I'm in the beginning of the maturation process. Wow. So I'm like an emerging voice. I wouldn't wow. say like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hold the office okay. of a prophet, but, um, I've always had a prophetic gifting. I didn't really know I had a prophet. I was, I even had a prophetic gifting before I was born again, which huh. is wild. Whoa. I mean, I did dream interpretation before I knew Jesus, wow. which is a whole other story that I had to get freedom from yeah. and wow. repentance from. But maybe a different um, podcast. Yeah, we'll have you back. Yeah, right? we'll like, back on for another that's, one. That's yeah, another yeah. story. Wow. <laughs> wow. And so at my old church, I just got discipled in it. Like I said, pretty independently. I read every book. I went to a, a few like prophetic schools. And then just slowly the gift started to emerge, but I'm still definitely in the fledgling stages. And then here, in fact, when I first came to Riverhouse in 2017, the Lord told me, to, he said, quote, sit on your hands when you come to church. Wow. And I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm like, sit on my hands. Okay. So I sat on my hands, metaphorically speaking, yeah. meaning he didn't want me to just come in. He wanted me to receive mm -hmm. and, and not be known for any way that I'm gifted. And so I just was mm. very quiet and sat. And then, um, yeah, the Lord just started just making connections and, and moving just the way he does. I'm not going to say profoundly because I don't want it to seem like it was amazing, but it was just a slow drip mm. where, yeah, my gifting just started to really, and, and there's, there's a, the thing that I really appreciate about the fivefold is there's a place for it mm -hmm. and it, it's taken a lot of time, but um, most churches are afraid of the prophetic <laughs> because it can get wild and messy mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we're wrong. Uh -huh. And what do you do with that? You know? Yeah, so sure. most people would just yeah. rather not deal with the mess. So even just finding a place and then not only that, then what does, what does my expression look like in this church and how do I do that? The, that alone is going to take honestly years for me to figure out. And I'm still in the very beginning. feel like a part of that that you're starting to parse out which I would like to hear more of is what is the difference between the gift of prophecy that's a gift of the Holy Spirit that we're told by Paul to seek after yes. like seeking after the higher gifts and then this office of the prophet yes okay that kind of goes back to the fivefold expression that the office of the prophet is a gift from Jesus so you can't really work your way into that if you don't have that hmm. so it's one of those where you can grow in your gifting as a prophetic person. So that's one of my passions is in first Corinthians 14, Paul says it pretty much twice to desire earnestly, mm -hmm. especially that you might prophesy. So every person is supposed to prophesy because we have the Holy spirit and we're supposed to hear from God. Yeah, amen. So that's not for anybody that's super gifted. And so I, I really try to like kind of break that barrier, but the office is a slow, slow maturation process. And at first I was kind of like, you hear this a lot because Paul took 14 years. David took 14 years from the time they were called and even anointed to the time that they were fully expressing their gift. Mm -hmm. And so you often hear people who are, um, 
who are in the office of a prophet that it takes a good 14 years from the call wow. to the actual office. Mm-hmm. And at first, when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, is that the same for pastors and teachers? And evan- do they all have a 14-year maturation process? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but it's question. true because when you claim to hear the voice of God mm-hmm. and you're speaking on his behalf, it's, you, you, it, there's yeah. more accountability there. It's a big deal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think especially when people don't know how to weigh words and you have, you know, different, differing levels of maturation mm-hmm. with the recipients, it's really important that you don't just like throw somebody into the office of a prophet mm-hmm. because yeah, that could be detrimental. Wow. So I think that, um, yeah, it takes a lot of seasoning and time. And, and honestly, the Lord has to give you a track record. Mm-hmm. So offices of people who have an office of a prophet have a history of very accurate words, mm-hmm. um, uh, honestly, integrity, mm-hmm. and a lot of the character issues that sometimes can come with people who are unrefined in the prophetic. Yeah. And so all of that has to develop over time, and you can't you just can't fast track that. Mm. I've heard Jordan Verner say that also something to do with the office of the prophet, and maybe this goes for all the fivefold, is that they encourage that gifting in other people. Right. So like someone who prophesies would give you a prophetic word, but someone operating in the office of the prophet is training right. or depositing or pollinating a bunch of prophets. Is is that true? Would yeah. you say that? Yeah. You'll see often people who are sitting in the office giving less personal prophetic words and more like they have more of a an overarching view. Mm -hmm. And so they're training people to release the prophetic. Mm -hmm. And that is a hallmark of a person of the office as they, they do the Ephesians four equipping. They're, they're equippers. Um, so so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So a mature prophet becomes a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're really blurring the lines. (laughs) Well, no, I think, but it's almost kind of cool where it's like a, the office of the prophet is, to equip and like teach yeah. of the Holy Spirit where yep. like the teacher is almost to like to teach of the Bible. It's right. like you're to equip kinda, you're, with the word. A lot a lot of the fivefold is pulling on those two yeah. you know, word and spirit kind it's of true. paradoxes. And that's kind of a cool thing. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of just thinking through that. It's out true. Loud. Well and the word for equip in Ephesians four means to set straight. Like it implies like a dislocated bone. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of like bring alignment so the the gift oh, of the prophet great. then brings spiritual alignment, not only to people but to the government. Mm-hmm. So huh. the government of God within a church. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about just because I'm reading through the Old Testament right now, and I just finished First Kings last night. There's a lot of it's underground wild. prophets. Mm-hmm. You described it as kind of an underground prophetic movement at your old church, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about that. Like, there's these prophets that kind of trickle up and maybe just make make it into the Bible for one quick scene. And then there's other major ones like Elijah, but they're always disrupting, trying to bring alignment disruptors to those Kings that are really wayward. Um, But it's fun because like with the King structure, you see this, you know, office that people are fighting for and there's like political assassinations and it's just really messy. And first Kings, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go read it there. But (laughs) Um, with the prophetic, it feels like the Lord is just raising up people who hear his voice. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, I don't know where Elijah or Elisha came from or these other prophets. They just kind of organically are popping up all over the Northern and Southern kingdom. 
so I think uh, there's not really a question in that other than just to celebrate that maybe when the Lord needs his voice to be heard, yeah. he finds a way to speak yeah. through his people. Yeah, it's true. And, and luckily, we're not in the Old Testament where the prophet was slain for having the wrong word uh, yeah. and carrying, you know, the weight of the words of God. Now we all hear from God. Mm-hmm. And so we, as mm. prophetic people, we can weigh in and, you know, release a word, but then the stewardship piece isn't up to us. Whereas before it was very black and white in the old mm. Testament. So some of the things that the Lord asked the prophets to do in the old Testament, I'm like, my goodness, I'm so <laughs> glad I wasn't called then like Isaiah, you know, the things he had, oh or Ezekiel, gosh. you know, he asked him to do some crazy things, but <laughs> yeah, they were reformers and disruptors for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's um, you mentioned earlier the this Oedipus analogy. Yeah. We're going to talk through that real fast. And then I was curious, you have, it's well, not to le- answer your analogy but you say apostles and prophets are the foundation and i'd love to hear more about that yeah that's a direct quote from ephesians 2 20 where paul said that um the apostles and prophets are the foundation and and in that same passage he talks about jesus being the chief cornerstone Mm -hmm. so you have foundational gifts because they are more they are more um concerned about heaven and -hmm. they get heaven's blueprints to be Mm -hmm. exported and so the alignment is heaven first, then the trickle down to yeah. earth. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason why that they're a foundational gift. That's, that's, that's my own expository of yeah, Ephesians yeah. 2.20. But if you go and read it, there's actually a few places in the New Testament where the apostolic and the prophetic gift are referred to as foundational gifts. So when you think about a building, and that's the whole thing from Ephesians 4, we are to edify, right? Mm-hmm. The fivefold is to edify, and that's a building term. Yeah. So if you think about the fivefold, the apostles and the prophets, according to Ephesians 2.20, are the, are, are the foundation. So they serve the structure. You mm-hmm. don't see the foundation, mm. but obviously it's essential because yeah. you can't have a building without it. And then I, I, I felt like God said that the, the walls are like the pastoral gift mm-hmm. because they're, like, they're the shepherds of the flock. And if you think of John 10, when Jesus is describing himself as the chief, the good shepherd, the flock or the, the walls keep people safe. They keep people yeah. in, they keep yeah. people, they, the walls create community, mm-hmm. like a space to gather. So that's the, prof- that's the, the pastoral gift, the shepherding gift. The, the evangelistic gift is the door. I saw it like the front door where they're just telling people to go, <laughs> go out those doors and mm-hmm. share the gospel. Yeah. And then the, the, the teaching gift is like the lights. They're the lights in the house. They bring illumination, which to me speaks of like the spirit of revelation for mm. the word of God. Yeah. So they bring and shine the light on Jesus as the word. Mm. So yeah, that was the edifice analogy that, and then, and then what's beautiful is so you have your house and in the house is the whole purpose of a house is to fill it with life. Mm-hmm. So within that, we all find ourselves in the house yeah. with expressing the life of God. Mm, that's so good. As if, for some reason, I've always, when you were talking about the edifice, I always pictured a church building until mm. you said house right there. Mm. Uh, that's just an interesting oh, wow. like, thing in my head. I just imagined the church building was. Yeah, I guess it could five, be that five, too. Yeah. But the house works. I was, I, that was just a random side note. Also, <laughs> like it's another random side note. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but like the foundation <laughs> Like you, like you said, you can't have a building without a foundation. And that seems, I don't know, like, it's just funny how, 
I'm, lo- yeah. I'm losing that. I'm like, I just was like, oh yeah, like that's where the the blueprint is. The whole shape of the house exactly is shaped by this like blueprint from heaven. And exactly. like that, I don't know, that just like all kind of clicked for me. Mm-hmm. And then the prophet way. being connected to the voice of God. So they help kind of with the marching orders, right? Bringing alignment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, those work, those gifts work in tandem often mm-hmm. to bring, totally. yeah, the, wow. that's good. The bedrock. Well, so, that, oh, okay, no, you go ahead. well, that leads me to a question that I had. Yeah. I'm curious, um, what you would say a church looks like without the apostolic and prophetic giftings, or maybe if it's simpler, just to answer without the prophetic gifting, say a church is really excellent in its teaching and in its evangelism. And there's some entrepreneurs that like planted it a generation ago, but yeah. I think that the beautiful thing about different churches is the different expressions within them. And oftentimes, most often, the flock looks like the shepherd. Mm -hmm. So you have a flock that looks like the shepherd. I remember there was a sister church that we were with um, at my old church and they were in a different city and I went to this conference that they had together and everyone was a worshiper. I mean, everyone, everyone I met played multiple instruments. They were, uh, and I was like, man, this is crazy. I've never met a whole church that plays music. And then I found out that the head pastor is a musician. And I was like, this is, this is exactly that where the flock looks like their shepherd. So in a good way, you have, if you have a church, most churches now are led by teachers or pastors. Yeah. For sure. When I'm talking about the fivefold gift. So you have people that look like very shepherding and they know the word of God mm-hmm. and they know they're, they're, they've been taught and schooled by a teacher. Yeah. So you have beautiful fruit there. Mm-hmm. And then I would say what would be lacking is then the other gifts, right? So the other expressions, it would be like the two ingredients in a cake. You, you might be able to taste something good, but probably not. And that's a pile of flour and sugar. <laughs> that's not to say, that's it's not like to say that. Flowery eggs. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's, Amen. And those, those people that lead churches with like the one gift, they're, they are beautiful. It's just very limited. Yeah. The expression of God is limited. So I'm not trying to bash churches that don't have the five. we're all growing. I mean, we're still growing in that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we don't, we haven't filled all the, the spots yet, you know? Um, but I would just say that the expression of God is very limited and that's ties back to the beginning. Like it, it, it quenches God. I would even go as far to say it brings him grief Hmm. because if you think about the beginning of Ephesians four, it says that he, he descended and then ascended and then gave gifts. Mm -hmm. So part of his ascension was to give gifts for the fivefold and we're not expressing that. That to me is like a, it's, it's, it's like the man who didn't use his talents. Exactly. Jace. That's it. Yeah. And it's just not in the heart of God Mm -hmm. to have a limited expression of him. And most of us don't even know that it's limited. Mm -hmm. And that's why when somebody comes in with a different gifting, they're either offended (laughs) or their mind is blown. Like there's, it's very black and white usually because we've been swimming. We've been, you know, eating the same food all the time. And then Mm -hmm. we start to taste something different. We're like, wait, this is, this is not the kingdom or what is this? This is the kingdom, you know? Whoa. I'm glad that you called that out. Cause I feel like 
when you say this is not the kingdom, that even speaks a little bit to my experience and some other experiences of people I've talked to that might see, oh, from the pulpit, something is happening that looks really different than every church I've ever been a part of. Therefore, since it's like breaking my experiential boxes, this must not be church. Like, are you sure that this is a Christ following church? Because it's, you know, it's breaking our conventions of what church really ought to be. So you have to have a humble heart. I think humility, I would love to hear you talk about how humility plays into the fivefold for the people operating in the office and the congregation at large. Well, yeah, that's really good. I mean, and part of part of being able to expand our palate, receiving from different graces, comes from being able to receive differently mm-hmm. in humility. Mm-hmm. And of course, weighing things, you know, we're not we're not saying believe everything that everyone ever preaches. You know, we have that responsibility as a New Testament believer to weigh the words. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that part of a lack of maturation is not being able to stomach different expressions of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear people getting offended, I just start praying for maturity mm-hmm. that because Jesus was very manifold in his expression. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, we're, we're only touching a part of it when even the fivefold is in full operation. Yeah. So there's even more there, but humility is so key. I mean, there's so much tension within the gifts anyway, because of just the different way we see things. Like I, I joked that, you know, if you were to ask the different fivefolds, what is the first thing that you need to do if you were to plant a church? And we'd have very different answers. Totally, yeah. And we'd say, no, this is the most important. No, this is the most important. And so if you, if you, get your, if you dig your heels in thinking mm-hmm. that your view is the most important view or your gift is the most important gift, then I said it before, it's a strong, it's a strong admonition, but you're, we're deceived. Mm-hmm. And so humility, so there's, the, there's, this, there's a line, the last line of Proverbs 15 says that before honor is humility. And then that word honor, actually, if you look at the translation, it's the kabod glory. Hmm. So before we experience the glory of God is humility. And so humility is the, is the, the hallmark of the fivefold. And that should be a part of how we equip the saints is we, we honor a prophet mm-hmm. or a pastor. Or what, we honor that person and we receive their reward. That's a principle that Jesus taught. And so honor the, the, the bottom, the base of honor is humility. You cannot honor if you don't have humility. And so humility does something so beautiful. It, it basically prefers someone over yourself and you're coming into the, the learner role and you're saying, you know what? You have something to offer me. I get to see a facet of Jesus mm-hmm. that I can't see. Yeah. Literally, I, I cannot see it if you don't express it. Wow. And so we have to admit that we're limited in our view and that we don't have all the answers and yeah. we don't see Jesus in fullness. And so part of that is, is admitting in humility that we need each other. Yeah. We need each other's expression. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to that humility piece because even in tension, you can learn and grow and be sharpened. My own gift has been immensely sharpened by the pastoral grace here. Mm-hmm. I mean, immensely. Wow. Like I would say that I had like negative 0.1% of pastoral in my DNA (laughs) and being in a very pastoral environment for, Mm -hmm. for years, 
I now operate differently. Uh. And so, and I value, I value it differently. And now my own family has been changed because of the grace that's mm-hmm. on the pastoral office here, wow, you know? That's so beautiful. yeah, there's so much to the humility piece because like, like AJ said that last couple weeks ago or last week, he said by, by being offended by a different expression of Jesus, AKA a different fight, like a fivefold, mm-hmm. we are literally denying Jesus. And you say it like that. You're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to do that. So I will be humble. Like we want to humble ourselves and say, Lord, we want to be learners and we want to grow and see the more of God. That's the purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I I love that. I want to clarify just because, I mean, there are times where people, I mean, we're all human. People mess up that are in the offices too, you know? And so it's not like, I don't like, I feel like. I don't want someone to think that it's like, just go with whatever's no. said from stage. And it's like, right. and if you're offended, like you just aren't humble enough. Yeah. Like, that's actually really good. I don't want, like, I don't want people to hear that. And yeah. I don't, that's good. So if you want to know, thank like, you for that, because clarify that a little bit. that's really good <laughs> because I definitely did not say that. And I do yeah. not want to say that because you, you heard it here for first. This is what you said. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good because there's so much room for feedback. Yeah. That's how we grow. Mm-hmm. That's how our gifts become refined. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of unrefined people that are leading churches because feedback is scary and hard. And it is, I I've actually, I've, I stress this a lot, even to, when we've been talking here, I've stressed this even before that it is imperative that the believer knows the word of God and can be led by the spirit of God because he will help you understand what's true and what's false. So good. And especially coming, you know, there's much written about the last days that on false teachers, mm-hmm. false prophets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there's that. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes I feel people air on that side and call everything false, false. And they're really like, that's another podcast. Like what makes a false prophet a fault? Like what's the difference between false prophecy and a false prophet? Mm -hmm. You know, great question. Wow. So that's actually in the discipleship class that I teach. So you guys can come to that. Okay. (laughs) Shameless (laughs) plug plug for that. Discipleship (laughs) plug for, and also (laughs) uh, this Sunday is the second week of uh, Benji's (laughs) Uh, how go. to read the Bible. Let's so go. I want to be soaked in scripture. Come, Amen. come hit that up at church. This, this <laughs> Heck <Sunday>. yeah. <laughs> no, that, thank you for clearing that up. That's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want feedback mm-hmm. and we want people, if there, if there's something that's flat out against the Bible released <laughs> from, you know, the pulpit, yeah. we want, we want to know that. For sure. And, I, oh, oh I'm just thinking one of the reservations that I have personally felt and observed other people feeling with this fivefold language is, whoa, in calling yourself an apostle or a prophet, I feel like you're giving yourself a lot of authority. And in our postmodern world, I'm nervous about authority. Like I get kind of twitchy thinking, whoa, okay, you are like a mouthpiece for the Lord. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that can be abused. Oh, for so sure. I'm glad that you have mentioned now humility and also the need for feedback and even for all of us to need correction at times, regardless yes. of what role we're in, because... Yes. In that way, like nobody in our church operating in any of those roles has the perfection of Jesus. Right. Yeah. And that's the value of family is, hey, we, I'm going to talk to you about something that's hard right now. Or 
can I get some more understanding on what you meant by this? Mm-hmm. You know, just those clarifying conversations are really key. And, you know, when you say that people are, are thinking like, wow, you have this title, that's a lot of authority. I would even say, well, what about someone who is leading a church by himself? Like they're carrying all that authority. And to me, that's even way more out of order than wow. <laughs> and scary. That's a good point. Than yeah. five people mm-hmm. or more, you know. Wow. Separation that. of power. Right? I'm thinking <laughs> of like my American history class. Honestly, <laughs> right? The checks totally. and balances that come within the fivefold. That's the part that I actually giggle about where God's like, hey, I'm going to gift these people with completely different facets of myself. And I need you guys to somehow dwell in unity. And, and, but it's the checks and balances thing. It's the, it's the government of God that is Mm -hmm. so, he's a genius. Yeah. And so sometimes I feel like we, we think we can build church better than he thinks. And it's like, no. And that's what, that's what this reformation is. And this is happening in many churches, like many, this isn't just a river house thing. This is happening across the board where God's bringing reformation to the government of church. And I'm excited. Yeah, no, it gets me excited too. And <laughs> I mean, we were talking about how, like, what would a church look like if it was just operating like the pastoral and the, the teacher, you know? And we're like, I think you would look and be like, wow, like these people are being equipped and wow, they're like really taking care of each other. Yes. Like, those are good things. Yes. But those gifts are also pretty inward facing too. And what the apostle and the prophet do are able to even look at what other churches are doing, see what God is wanting to do globally. And it's all for the sake of unity, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I, we see, I think we see a lot in our valley, even a lot of teachers and pastors. And th- there's not a lot of like church mingling, you know? Right. There's not a lot of like overarching treasure Valley, like things. Right. And, and I would say that it's across the American church for sure. And, that's probably due to the lack of this like fivefold thing. Mm-hmm. I just the think foresight. that's really cool. And so it's like, it, it's beautiful, but you're siloed kind of away from what God is wanting to do on a national or regional level, global yeah. level, you know? Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before where I've said this before, where in extreme cases, you know, you have all these healthy families with the pastoral gifting, but you could actually have healthy family and not even know God. Hmm. Well, right. Help us. <laughs> so, or you <laughs> could, you could have, you could know lots of the Bible and be a Pharisee yeah. and not embody the spirit of Christ. Hmm. So those like the, the other giftings, like every gifting has its beautiful expression and together it's, you know, the whole body functions. Like we need every part. And so, or like we were joking around last night after being at the youth, if, if it was only a prophetic an unrefined prophetic gifting, we'd all be hearing from God, but there might not be anybody there or people there that are even healthy because mm-hmm. we're lacking the pastoral <laughs> grace. Right. Totally. Wow. Like I remember a story that I heard once of a church who was, they were led by an apostle and a prophet for a while. And eventually they're like, Hey guys, people are bleeding. Like we need pastoral grace. And they're like, oh gosh, we do. This is like a huge blind spot. And the mm. people are suffering because we don't have the walls in our wow. building, you know? And so they brought a pastor on staff and then they became a little bit more holistic, but mm. that's just the same. So I don't want to ever 
insinuate that it's only the pastor, the teacher. It's it's all the gifts alone are. It's good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just the foundation of the building doesn't make it for a very good building. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's yeah, not. Like, absolutely. People aren't going to like, I don't want to show up. To Where are church. the people? They don't <laughs> have doors or bathrooms or like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of cement on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> or even more graphically, a body with only just a leg or oh, yeah. like a heart without the body. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, wow, that's totally. just not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like Paul says that the eye exactly. looks to the ear and says, I have no need of you. No, that's not how a body works. Right. And that's that, that call to humility. Uh, I feel like that's a really good bridge to you. If you're okay. Um, saying what you think the blind spots of each of the fivefold are. When I heard you go through that in a teaching a little while ago, uh, it, it really helped me understand not just what each of the fivefold have to bring to the table, but also the ways that they are lacking and need others right. to fill in. Yeah. You've already touched on that, but could you fill in yeah. more? Yeah. So the the blind spots are I mean, this is in no way to label anyone. Sure. Right? It's good. But we all have blind spots and you can't see them unless other people point them out. That's the whole point of blind spots. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I used <laughs> I to ask leaders yeah. is like, hey, who's who's pointing out your blind spots? Because if no one is, then you obviously mm-hmm. don't know you have them. So um, and even ones that that people have shared with me is like, oh, yeah, that's that's revelatory. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yeah. That is true. So if I, I'll just go down like the five. So with the apostle, they're the the builders and the they're the pioneers. They're the the the, the boots on the ground that are moving forward their blind spot is they can be building, 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 building. Hmm. And their family mm-hmm. is not there. And, or their soul is completely shot. Yeah. So you can get in this pioneer role that's very exhilarating and yeah. you can leave some things in the dust. Wow. And I'm just, these, these are just like brief blind spots. There's more, sure. but the prophetic blind spot. Well, first of all, the, to the prophetic person, almost everything's spiritual. Hmm. So that can be a blind spot Mm -hmm. because some things just aren't spiritual. They're just, there's a natural consequence happening. Right. Sure. (laughs) But the main blind spot of the prophetic is independence. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that comes from not having a place in church for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm not speaking personally. I'm speaking about the gift in general that, because there wasn't really like a infiltration or an envelopment within the flock or within the church that prophets have just been like relegated to these independent expressions. And there's not a lot of formal training for Mm -hmm. prophecy. Mm -hmm. And so you grow like you grow with this independent, like I hear from God, Mm -hmm. so I don't need people. Wow. Which is very true. Yeah. Not the not the second part of that statement. We do hear from God, <laughs> yeah. but we need people. Yes. So that's yeah, the blind yeah. spot. Yeah. So that would be one of the main blind spots. And then even just like a lack of care for the sheep, because like I walk into a room and I immediately sense what God's doing, what he wants to do, and even some of the hindrances. Mm-hmm. I secondarily see people. <laughs> So that can be a blind spot. If you're not aware of that, then people are like, hi, (laughs) do you even love people? And it's like, yeah, we, we actually do love people, (laughs) but the expression is different, but there, that's a blind spot for Mm -hmm. sure. But independence is the main one. Yeah. Mm. The, the, um, so going in order, the evangelistic 
blind spot is we the the gift is that they they win souls Mm -hmm. and they're constantly winning souls and we get the joy of salvation when there's new believers in our midst getting Mm -hmm. meeting jesus the blind spot would be a lack of maturity Mm -hmm. because if we're always going out winning the lost and we don't have discipleship Mm -hmm. i said this before we can go a mile wide but only an inch deep and so oftentimes you have evangelists that lead these massive mega churches, but there's no depth, yeah. but the new believer is, is paramount. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you, if the evangelist can think about depth and discipleship, that would be like the perfect pairing. But usually the evangelist lacks that maturity. Yeah. Um, not usually that's a blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> so again, not putting generalizations yeah. on people, but so then the shepherd, the pastoral gift, because they're so nurturing and they value a person being whole, families being whole, marriages being whole, it's so essential. Because of that, you even referenced it before, we can get very inward focused and it can actually be an expression, more of an expression of self than of dying to yourself yeah. and losing your life and finding it in Jesus and finding it in him. Mm-hmm. And so... You can get very self-centered expressions of God. And pastors usually think about the flock before like the nations. Mm -hmm. And so it can lack like that movement that, so pastors love to gather in and make whole and it can lack the the sending out piece, Mm -hmm. the the transformation piece. Like, Mm -hmm. are we looking like Jesus? And so it can feel um, just uh, like a self-centered when I say humanistic, that's very extreme, yeah. but it can have a humanistic expression. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher, because they're so skilled in bringing the word of God alive, people are equipped with sound doctrine. And to them, doctrine and even the conveyance of sound doctrine is mm-hmm. extremely important. Yeah. And so a teacher's blind spot is that some of the teaching can be dry because it lacks, it can, it can lack the Holy Spirit's movement. Mm -hmm. And like even knowing which scripture to teach when, like that now moment, then that the Kairos word, you can teach with the Holy Spirit and help it be like, like Jesus. He was the rabbi that both spoke the word and confirmed it. Mm -hmm. And so teachers can be dry. They can, they can, they can, um, present the word without experience and then you have people who have a lot of knowledge, but don't actually embody Jesus, which mm-hmm. is in my mind, like that's a Pharisee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Their lips are near, but their hearts are far. Mm-hmm. That's an extreme blind spot yeah, to teachers. Totally. And then like teachers, they sometimes can think that the answer to everything is renewing the mind. Right. And that is an answer, yeah. but it's not the answer, mm-hmm. right? Like if we were to say, what is the answer to all these problems? <laughs> You'd get different answers from the different giftings. Totally. But renewing the mind is important and knowledge is important, but it's mm-hmm. not the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, knowing God and like the yada of God. Mm-hmm. So, and that's coming from my perspective, yeah, like the sure. yada, totally. the experiencing God. So those would be the brief blind spots within mm-hmm. each fivefold. And of course there's many more. Mm-hmm. And I think it too depends on the personality of the, mm-hmm. the person. There's people who are prophets who have been shepherded in a pastoral anointing that are so holistic in their expression. Yeah. Um, and, and I heard, um, Jackie actually say this last week when I was teaching this, 
that her dream is that we would have apostles that like have healthy families, healthy souls, that their families are with them. We have prophets who love people and have Mm -hmm. that nurturing side to them. You have pastors who are also led by the spirit and have a little Shabba in there. You've got teachers who are like Jesus that bring the experience of, of, of the kingdom Mm -hmm. with the word of God. And then the evangelist who is also deep in discipleship, which God is doing that. Mm -hmm. He's bringing this, this he's, yeah, he's taking the illumination and, and, and shining it at different angles so that we can see how we can embody it more in a more healthy, holistic way. So good. Wow. That was so well said. I love that. Um, Benji, she called you dry. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. (laughs) It just reminds me of my upbringing in the Presbyterian church being one of the frozen chosen. I don't know if you have heard that phrase before, but that's what Presbyterians jokingly call ourselves. (laughs) Which is funny because like a lot of these blind spots, it just makes me think some of this language exists already. Like the frozen chosen is a joke in the Presbyterian (laughs) church. It's like talk about dry. Yeah. Frozen and then chosen because it's a joke on predestination. Like (laughs) we're elect, which is hilarious. And also like scary theologically, maybe. I don't know where you land. We'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully I'm not dry. I love where you landed because it's landing the plane for this whole conversation in a holistic fivefold model where the evangelist is deep in their discipleship and where the prophet is deeply loving of all those that they speak to and yeah, so on and so forth. So I think that has cast a really stunning vision for where our hearts are as like Riverhouse, where we hope that our local church and the church at large is Mm -hmm. going. And it sounds like from, your connection with the Lord, your prophetic insight, you see the Holy Spirit moving in that way. And mm-hmm. that just gives me a lot of excitement and confidence yeah. for the church moving forward Same. into what is hopefully this new great renewal of the church, this yes. revival yes. awakening, if we can call it that. We'll see what the Lord has in store, but I'm it's eager. Good. And I'm sure that this robust church governance of the fivefold is going to be really necessary for what God is walking us into. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually one of the things I feel like he's been saying is in order to hold the weight mm-hmm. of himself, how he wants to manifest himself in this valley, we have to have many pillars, many. And I, it's more than the fivefold. Yeah. It's like way more than the fivefold. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the governance of wow. God where this isn't, a, this isn't one man holding up an entire yeah, building. Totally. You know? So, yeah, so that he would receive his bride. Yes, Lord. I love it. For unity. For unity. (laughs) So, so good. Yeah. Wow. Well, dang. I I have at least 12 more questions that I would like to ask. (laughs) And I'm sure if we kept asking, I would just get more and more. But um, I think this has been a terrific survey and we've gotten a good view at your perspective, Megan. So I'm really grateful that you came onto the podcast. You're blessing us. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks terrifically. For me, guys. And I love your humility too. Even just like talking about like where you feel like you're at in your maturation. I might disagree with you, but like you are like you're just such a gift to this body and Thanks. such a beautiful, loving, prophetic voice here. And it's just such a joy to like 
work alongside of you and and under your guidance and we're just very lucky to have you here thanks and on the podcast heck yeah yeah. praise god i take (laughs) so much confidence in where our prophetic and prayer movement is continuing Mm -hmm. to go knowing that you're at the helm of that you know and that you're on the board of elders gives me confidence in our church governance because i see your heart as so humble and submitted to the lord so thanks for that for modeling it so Mm -hmm. good well Dear listener, I hope you had a great time this week. I don't know why I said dear listener. <laughs> I like it. Like closing too. the letter. In the look, yeah. Um, sincerely, <laughs> Benjamin, Megan, and I. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to uh, give us some feedback, comments, your thoughts, disagreements with what, everything that Megan said. Um, <laughs> Email Jace. D- deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. Um, and we'd love to see you at church on Sunday at 4 p.m. at the Boise Vineyard. We'll see you then. Know that you are so loved and you are seen and you are a valuable part of this community. We are so thankful to have you join us for this podcast. Hope you have the best weekend. Wow. Did you love that close? That felt really pastoral, didn't it? <laughs> I, I was going to tease you. That was very pastoral. Oh, praise, wow. Beautiful. praise God for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. No, it was exactly what it should have been. All right. Be pastored. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I mean, once you see it, you see it everywhere, right? Yeah, like, totally. Oh.